Hi, and welcome to the Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. I'm Chris O'Fault, Deputy Editor of Film and TV Craft at IndieWire. And today we'll be talking about the Hulu series Pen15, first with co-creator and star Anna Conkle, and then co-creator and director Sam Zebelman. And this season of the Toolkit is being presented by HBO Max. HBO's original limited series, Mayor of Easttown, starring Kate Winslet, who plays a small-town Pennsylvania detective, Mayor Sheehan, investigating a local murder. The series explores the dark side of a close community and provides an authentic examination of how family and past tragedies can define our present. It's for your Emmy consideration for outstanding limited series in all other categories, and all episodes are now streaming on HBO Max. I just watched the uh, series finale last night, episode seven. Uh, really beautiful. Really, really, uh, this series was really well done. Um, directed with a lot of restraint by uh, old friend uh, Craig Zobel. Uh, definitely check it out if you haven't. Season one is so often that, like, what is this? And, and season two, it's very often, like, what do we want this to be? Like, where do we want it to go? But I, I don't know. I'm wondering if you could talk about um, yeah. how those two compared. They were, there was a lot of similarities in them. And I think that has to do with us just being pretty green. And so Mm -hmm. we don't, in terms of discovering and rediscovering a process, it's not like we've had, you know, 10 years of experience to be like, this is how we do it. This is whatever. So it was the same feeling, I think, of swimming through a a process and seeing if it worked. I think the Mm -hmm. main difference is that the first season, it was really natural to do uh, more episodic things and the second season became a little bit more serialized and that was scary to try to do we were like i don't think we can do this that well but we wanted to try um because that's there's um there's a consistency throughout you know but there is just something about season one just seems so um, it's like you're trying something and it's just it, it's popping and it's going and it's just yes. all these different things and it, you can feel like this energy and this you know can we get get away with this can we do this where right. is this and there's still so many so much so much of the wonderful stuff from season one there but it feels like season two there's there's not obvi- obviously there's character arc and there's 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 some dramatic yeah, yeah. elements here but it also just feels like there's a um, I don't know, a relaxing, a sitting back to a certain, you know, the, the, I don't mean that you're, rela- I know it's a lot of work, but it's as no, a viewer, it. as a viewer, it does kind of feel, um, there's More still is the awkward, the, yeah, there's this, there's, there's this awkwardness of middle school that's still there, but I'm kind of settling into your stories a little bit more than just being in this immediate awkwardness to a certain degree. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think this season was a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of people have called it like darker or, you know, more, more dramatic or something, but I, I don't, I don't see that as much, but I do definitely feel like it's more serious. And in the next arc, we kind of play again with, um, there's a lot of more R rated things and it's, uh, yeah, a little bit more absurd and, and back a little bit to the comedic roots that it began in. So I've been picturing it like a real psycho, like a spiral of like starting on the outside and then like kind of coming back to where you began, but slightly different. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like there's a grand plan here. (laughs) I mean, I mean, there's something weird going on inside my head. I have to take credit for that. I wonder what the writer's room process is like for you and Maya in the sense also of obviously uh, it's your creation, you're the stars, but you're also writers. Is there an element here of, you know, while the two of you are in the room of 
of not only bouncing around ideas, but, you know, trying things on like how, you know, so much of the show is your interaction, your relationship. Is there, is there that element of, of part of your process in terms of your on screen characters? Is that something that you guys take advantage of in the writer's room? Yes. Big time. Yeah. I mean, in different ways, like I think something that's really common for us, you know, a lot of it is autobiographical. And for some reason we both have a connection to that time of life where we didn't, we didn't really have journals that we referred back to. It's like, um, scarringly vivid, you know, in my (laughs) mind, the like worst moments. So the moments that are more autobiographical to, to me, often I'll read it, you know, I'll read out the conversation out loud and either try to get it down or hope that someone else is getting it down. And same with Maya, like the more autobiographical those moments are, and she'll describe a moment we'll kind of want it, well, we want to hold up a mirror to exactly that, what that moment was um, versus it being like better for television or too boring or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and same thing, I'll try to just get down exactly the situation as she remembers it. And then we'll kind of um, change it and mold it like where it needs to go. And I think the other time where my and I as actors, you know, utilize uh, being together and like, improving through something to find the truth of it is if when something's not working which is all the time which is like this scene doesn't feel honest this scene doesn't feel 13 we need this thing to happen but why does this feel like an after school special tv movie that that's the biggest challenge I find and I think Maya too in in all of us in writing it is like how do we how do we close the arc of the story without making an after school special? And that's where um, acting together helps. Because sometimes it's not even just the story beat; it's how you how you hit it. Is that is that to a certain degree is the it's, tone of it? It's almost it's almost it sounds it sounds so cheesy, but it's almost getting in the mind and body of us at thirteen and being like, mm-hmm. if I was you know really embarrassed by something, I'm not probably going to tell my friend that I'm like getting into her body to to remember what that actually felt like um can you hear me yeah and remember what that actually felt like instead of being like I'm embarrassed and I'm going to tell my friend and I'm embarrassed I might say the opposite of that and be like I don't fucking care you know it doesn't matter to me and sometimes that's a lot easier to get to when I'm with her um acting like a 13 year old it's it's interesting. There's a lot of creative people that obviously go back to their past, and and and, and the thing that's so interesting about what you and Maya are doing here is you actually are entering the skin. <laughs> you know, um, there's there's another. I, I'm trying to think of a parallel here, and I'm sure there is, but I can't think of one. But of like, it's not you know that process of going back to one's past and coming up with stories, and, and I mean that's 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 half of the right. stuff I love you know that's sure there. yeah but there's got there's there's got to be something very interesting about actually that what you just described like yeah entering a 13 year old and then playing that out um yeah. it, it's it's I can't think of another creative process that's quite that quite that quite is like that I know I'm sure I'll think of it right when this ends but I you know Sometimes it's really fun going back to that age because especially my character is so like optimistic and, you know, to a fault and naive. And there's like an innocence that can be really fun to just be in that body again, in that mind and everything's amazing and like all the possibilities in the world and, you know, da da da. And then there's the flip side of it 
I don't even mind the humiliating parts. I think it's really funny. You know, I, I enjoy it. Um, but the parts that are hard, yeah, are just replaying specifically the moments that you've been through before that are traumatic. That's when I'm like, why do we do this is so masochistic. Why am I doing this to myself? You know, so that's, that's definitely the weirdest thing. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm sure 10 years from now, I'll look back and be like, that was half therapy and half, you know, a sadistic pastime. I don't know if this is a good transition or not, but I, I really wanted to talk about uh, the third episode this season. Uh, it, was it Vendi? Uh, it, it was Vendi. <laughs> Vendi Wickini, yeah. Just Vendi normal, <laughs> normal title to an episode, yeah. And, and, an episode that I believe you wrote, right? Yeah, you wrote, wrote yes. this one, and obviously yeah. I think this is the start of some some element of your past in terms of your yeah. uh, reliving, reliving a divorce. For it's sure. a fascinating episode. It's really one of the more remarkable episodes of TV I've seen in, in a, quite a while. Um, but I, I, I'm curious though about that story mm-hmm. coming up with that, because there's not only just the story and I'm, I know there are autobiographical elements here, but that episode also is a little bit, it's just, it feels different. Do you know, it mm-hmm. feels it's, it's its own little world and mm-hmm. it, um, it really, for me, put me from, from that, episode on until opening night that that conclusion I was really in this different mind pen 15 Mm. mindset I don't know I'm wondering how much of that was conscious how much of that was you know just a story and but but that that thinking about not only coming up with that episode but where you put it and its role Mm. kind of in the season that's interesting that's a great question um yeah I mean we knew that the season was going to be about Um, kind of losing and finding our identities. So, and trying on, you know, thematically what we do at that age and at different stages in our life is like, who am I? What's my identity? I get my identity from my best friend, if you're lucky enough to have that person next to you or from this character I saw on TV or whatever. Like you're making up who you are. So there's this feeling in all the episodes where we wanted to have a freedom of, you know, even something as silly as wrestling to I'm a techie. No, I'm an actor. No, I'm a rich girl. No, I'm, you know, whatever. That was the that was sort of what was bubbling underneath of of who are we and my and I are going to try and all these different identities together. And so we we wanted so so the the which episode was you know a really fun weird um a, to me honest way of doing that and trying on something that really just immediately plummets you to the bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. and is also um, straight up from a memory that I had of playing you know that I and I had the same memory of of having playing powers with my friends that and starting to believe it as you go and my friend I remember getting mad at me because I told her little sister that I had made this cranberry bog. We lived in Massachusetts. I had made the cranberry bog um, solid and she could walk on. She, she'd be able to walk on water. And my friend got, she was like, this is pretend. This is a game. You know, she could die. You know, the, it was like this this fight that all of a sudden and I'm like, not willing to say that my powers aren't real. And I'm like, no, I'm doing it, you know? And everyone's just freaking, it's suddenly life and death, you know? And it's like so weird. So I thought that was so funny and also really interesting how you begin to, you know, believe your pretend and how fun and dangerous that can be too. And it was just kind of lent itself to 
uh, a story of mental health, which I also relate to and wanted to tell. And it was around that age that I started to feel probably depression for the first time and without knowing that that's what was happening. And so the witch episode was a really wonderful way I thought, and we all, and, and everyone thought, I think to tell a story of feeling out of control with a kind of pretend that gives you control. And, um, to a point where you turn it on yourself and you don't want to be here anymore, you know? So it had the propensity, I thought, or the potential really to get really funny and wild and dark and weird and also really truthful of the experience I had with my parents of, you know, them fighting all the time and and wanting to fix everything and not being able to. I'm wondering between you and Maya and and Sam in the writer's room, is there there a sense of... I, it, I please don't take me as saying that season two isn't hysterical. It's very, there's, Oh there's, no, no. There's, there, there's very, but is there a sense of also um, with, when it comes to the comedy and comes to the laughs, it felt like in season two, it, it mm-hmm. you don't always have to have it. It doesn't always have to yeah. be there. It's like, it's a kind of, you can, you, it, it's a very humorous show. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. It kind of, it wasn't intentional, you know, it mm-hmm. was, and I think we struggled with that as actually, to be totally honest, the close of the season happened and we have all the scripts of the first arc of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, we were like, this, is this not fun? This isn't like as funny, but like it is what it is, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that there's the aspect of us being mid thirties, playing 13 year olds, you know, getting older every year that wants to challenge ourselves and stay invested. And so that happened to result in, you know, getting a little bit more serious. With that said, the next arc of episodes, to me, gets more comedic again and more absurd. And But I don't know how... But then I'm in my head of like, you know, people might not like that. There's been like plenty mm-hmm. of, you know, um, appreciation, I guess, of the more serious tone. And, you know, I'd be lying if I could point out something in every single episode that we made that I'm like, I wish that this this happened. You know, I'm never I'm never like totally satisfied. I don't think any of us are. Um, so yeah, I could critique it all. <laughs> because there's there's a, there's a big pullback of these episodes too, right? Isn't the, the, there's a big I, what? I'm sorry. There's a big pullback of these episodes, right? In the sense that these uh, Sam was telling me that I think what it's it's common for these the cuts to come in at 50 minutes is that is that for for that's that's happened yeah that's definitely happened and the more you know season one if i remember properly because he directed the last three episodes which are like kind of my favorite of season one and he brings this awesome cinematic aspect which usually ends up in like slowing down you know slowing down your filmmaking and and so and sam is so visual that often like the best cuts, in my opinion, were longer, which were usually his. And then having to like, you know, figure out if it could still play while well, bringing it down. That was always really hard. And same for the the last two episodes in this season. Same issue where it or not issue where they ended up being quite long, the first cuts. And and he was dealt the daunting task at first to try and bring that down. <laughs> and one of you has, is, is it Maya that has a sibling that's one of the editors? Is that, is that, yeah, is that? Tai, tai Chi. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. And he, Maya and I made a web series, um, years and years and years ago. And he was like in the, you know, it's like five people in a house and he's was just there from the beginning editing for us. And, you know, just 
she's just been there from the beginning. We love him very much. Obviously, Maya has to love him because he's her brother, mm-hmm. but um, I love him very much, too. I, I assume that it, 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 is he is he a loving tribute with the brother in the show? Or? Yes. <laughs> or is that... Yes, there's a lot. That's exactly it there. Yeah, he's the big brother. He gave her a lot of shit. Um, the cool big brother. And he's still, it's still like that, you know, it's still very fun in the editing room because it is a different experience that when, with any of the other editors where they get very real and it's very entertaining. I love it. Cause you pull other people into this. Like Sam is Sam, like to, to some degree, yeah. Sam, in the show, right? And yeah. is, Gabe, is Gabe, Gabe? I don't know. It is, is to, to a certain, to, to a certain Gabe degree. is a little Gabe. Yeah. yeah. And I think first season we really, we, you know, who knows how to get more specific about a character than to pull from you, you know, and the juiciest parts of your, you know, your secrets and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we just kept kind of pulling from people around to try to bring reality and (laughs) tell all their (laughs) secrets. It's usually one of those things that kind of comes out afterwards, but you're like, no, we're not going to change the name. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. We definitely left some names accidentally in there for sure. (laughs) Is it was the, Considering this idea of, um, you know, trying on different identities, um, mm-hmm. that kind of like theater, middle school world, was that just something that was natural to go to for this? Yeah, I mean, we had always wanted to do a theater episode. Maya has a very funny story um, that she shared before, so I think it's okay for me to share it, of like, she was doing a... It didn't make it in the show. I don't know how that's possible. We kept trying to figure out how to bring in the arc, but it didn't really work. But where she got her period and then went on stage and somehow... Oh, and, she, and it was a secret that like period being a secret is real to her. And then she had put like, you know, 10, you know, a foot literally of crumpled up tissue paper to deal with it and had like a petticoat on or something. And she, her father in it, which was another 13 year old, which is so funny, spun her around and her, you know, homemade pad like came out on stage somehow. I'm like, how? There was a petticoat that doesn't make sense, but it did. And she came off the stage and she saw that the lighting that the tech kids had put a light like directly on the the bloody um, tissue paper, which is so funny and messed up. And um, and at the end, apparently, the, the drama teacher was like, someone dropped a ribbon on the stage. Like, we were, please be careful with your props. Um, so that was humiliating to her. So that had inspired a long time ago. We were like, had, we have to do a theater episode. And then identity-wise and trying on different identities, it was natural that, like, they should be split apart a little by the end and Anna would be tech and she would be theater. Um, and Maya also went to a performing arts high school where they did you know legit productions my my high school didn't really do that so we kind of mix those two sensibilities in and um but yeah it's very much true to like her experiences I love that episode so much it really is beautiful it's wonderful it's wonderful it's that's I I didn't know that there was the second season was conceived in these two parts but I just so I you can still have a mid midpoint uh, conclusion like that, but I just thought it was like, wow, what a beautiful way to end the season. And I was like, oh, there's seven more, but yeah. um, it's yeah, <laughs> it's we think of it creatively like a third season, but mm-hmm. it's called to be. So yeah, take that for what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my understanding is in the second half, um, uh, you both uh, d- uh, directed an episode. Is that right? The the part that's yeah. Uh, 
What would, yeah. no, so what was that like? Because there's because it's like I know that the, the the directors in the beginning came back and did the second half. This the part that almost you almost got through with the pandemic. Yeah. And then, yep. and then yep. obviously yep. Sam did the tail end of one and all of this. Yes. Um, he had a and, big task. So, but I, I'm wondering though, what was it like? I mean, maybe it's just natural, or is it just because of the process, or is it? I mean, to be honest, I, ha- I we don't have a final cut of my episode yet, so I'm like, ah. I, I apologize. Out. Did you each do? Did you each do one, or did you do we one did. together? We okay, did. Yeah. Each, I, I, okay. Yeah, okay, we I each did know. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. There's um, yeah, Maya's episode is really cool, and we actually got shut down uh for Corona. Uh, in the middle of her directing. So she didn't mm-hmm. quite get to finish yet, which would have driven me insane, but she's dealing with it really well. And yeah, it's a really, it's a different, her episode is tonally really different than the rest of the season. So I'm very excited about it. And I think, you know, the way that we all write tends to be like pretty visual and there's so much, the, the nice thing about directing was like, uh, and it was an episode I wrote and my directed an episode she wrote is there's not the telephone that I've experienced of all the other episodes of like um, what I visualize or something, you know, it's like, I just get to try it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that, that was nice, but also intimidating. Um, and then, but I've learned a lot from, you know, all the amazing directors we've had. Um, and then we are like, you know, all day, every day editing. Um, so that's gotten quite familiar. And then, and the biggest challenge, honestly, was just being in um, the episode as as you know I'm directing, and that was just weird. But I did my best, you know. But but you're in the edit room on all of these, right? I'm, I'm mostly, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Has that? I mean, maybe that was also something that stems also from the web episodes and the previous stuff. But I have right. to imagine that to a certain degree, that has to inform things and has been part of the evolution. Is even you know, not oh, yeah. just specifically cutting yourself, but also this this element of of shaping these things there because it, it is all so paced and rhythm. Like the humor's all there all the time. It's this, you know, pathos, it's space, it's time. I have to imagine that's been a huge part of the evolution of the show is is watching be cut, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's been that is a a part of the process that we you know, debate a lot over and just get in the weeds of. And I think I what I've learned as it goes on is like just trusting the process and that, you know, one of our instincts is not so different from the other instinct. And at the end of the day, the cut is going to be strong because you just like trust each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have a lot of opinions in the editing room. I'll just say that. And I think that, you know, it we think deeply into things probably too deeply for a comedy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely been, it's an awesome tool, you know, when you're not sure if a scene worked, um, you get to make it work in post. Mm -hmm. And that's a really nice feeling. Last thing before I let you go, I wanted to ask about, um, your young co-stars, uh, in particular, the, the young boys, they, uh, they, there's there's a wonderful dynamic uh, between you and Maya and them, but I, I I'm wondering, you know, just from even day one to now, how that's informed the show, and you know, it's it's interesting that 
that the two of you are going to go play middle schoolers, but then you stay so dead accurate on <laughs> the age and like and, and and even just the way they look as like thirteen yeah. year old boys. Um, it's just this, it's a wonderful. There's it's one of those things where if like someone had told me this before yeah. I'd seen it, I would have been like. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would have been the annoying. I would have been the annoying network exec going. Mm. That was all of them but one. Let me just tell you, the only reason it's been made is one executive that got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it works so well. But I'm just curious about that dynamic and how that's also developed uh, with these wonderful young young boys too. Yeah, I mean, we approached the first. Well, we got to make like a 15 minute short before we did the show. So that oh. we were very honest about with with at the time Fox was attached, actually. Mm-hmm. And we were very honest that we were like, we really think this is an interesting idea. We want to try to do it authentically. We don't know if it'll work. And for some reason, they let us try. Um, and yeah, and, and I think we were surprised by the by that to uh, more than we thought, like disappearing a little bit with the real 13 year olds. And, you know, casting wise, we really tried to pick people that were great actors, but also, and also really honestly 13, you know, that weren't like TV perfect or whatever. And so we, the, the fact that we were able to find that, I think for all of these roles speaks to the kids being really good actors and also, a lot of luck for us. Um, and for the most part on set, they, you know, I don't feel like the old aunt hanging out. Like they let me feel like, you know, 13 and definitely while we're acting and they just, it's just, and it's very informing for us to get to be around a bunch of 13 year olds to emulate what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's like all of them have a little specific, things that they do to hide this thing that they don't like about themselves or, you know, a little funny, you know, vocal thing. I'm so sorry. I have the smallest ears and my headphones keep just falling out. It's like so crazy. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, so, so it's helpful for us. Unfortunately, it's a bunch of really good people. And a lot of people, these were their first roles, like professional roles, um, and a lot of them are working a lot more now. So that makes me feel good, too. All right. Well, thank you for your time. And uh, thank you. Yeah, so, so do you have any sense of when you'll go back and do, uh, I guess you have a little yeah. bit to pick up for the second half? I mean. Yeah, we have a couple weeks left. And that will be um, in the summer, at the end of the summer. And then we'll just be in post for a few months. So hopefully we'll get, we're getting out as soon as we can. That was, of course, Pen15 co-star and co-creator Anna Konkel. And before my conversation with Sam, a brief note from our presenting sponsor. HBO's original series, Perry Mason, starring Matthew Reese, is set in 1932 Los Angeles. The series focuses on the origin story of famed defense lawyer Perry Mason. Living check to check as a low-rent private investigator, Mason is haunted by his wartime experiences in France and suffering the effects of a broken marriage. It's four-year Emmy consideration for outstanding drama series in all other categories. All episodes are now streaming on HBO Max. And, uh, you know, I, let me plug this as well. Make sure to check out our Craft Consideration video series that we did on Perry Mason, uh, where we uh, made videos about the costume, directing, and music of the series. Uh, really, really proud of that one. And now for my conversation with Pen15 co-creator and director Sam Zebelman. was really shocked by the reception of season one. I didn't think anyone would find this show and see. I, I felt that if they did 
find it that they would dig it because we we really brought it i I found so there was some pressure I had about um season two. I don't know if Anna and Maya felt the same way. We didn't really talk about that um and then taking on directing this season, I sort of approached it um and I think this was out of defense, some sort of self-defense of like not worrying about living up to season one, I approached it like, this is just a new album. Like it's like Kid A or something. It's just, <laughs> it's going to be different. It's not going to be um, the same sort of candy from season one. Um, and uh, that was sort of my way of taking some of the pressure off. We didn't really have a conversation about we we wanted to evolve the show um but it's the conversation sort of stopped with that, and none of us quite decided or pointed to exactly what that meant um Some of the subject matter was maybe a little more mature and darker and and that felt right because at that age that stuff creeps into your life. Um, and as far as the filmmaking, um, the episodes that um, I directed the first season, the last four, sort of took on maybe a more uh, less broad, more realistic, sort of darker tone. And I sort of found this second season just kind of an extension of that. But I wanted almost more restraint and focus on performance and um, observational. Of course, there's some fun filmmaking stuff that happens over the court. You know, we had 300 scenes to shoot, so some of it's going to feel different. Um, so, uh, and then and then as far as my process, I actually changed it pretty completely from the first season. Well, can we actually take a step? Because yeah. I was looking, I was looking at the credits this morning, and I, I knew that you had directed all of season two. But there's just this point where I'm looking at it, like, what'd you do? The last, the first one. It's like once you started directing, you didn't stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. once you directed one episode, no one else is. It's like I think when you do the last four of the first yeah. season, and then you did it did these seven. Um, I just, I, I, my guess here is right is that um, there's a certain. I, I imagine this applies to Anna and Maya and yourself. It's like there's a certain like, let's get this thing off the ground. They've never done this before. You know, it's a baby steps. And so maybe the goal was always for you to to be directing all of these. But I'm wondering if you could even just talk about that, because clearly whatever happened at the end of season one, you guys liked it because it's, you know, you directed all of them. Yeah, they just couldn't uh, tear me away at that point. Um, <laughs> after the first four, you know, uh, I found that the um, the shorthand, not just between Anna and Maya and myself, but the crew got so strong and the rhythm became so good by the end of that first season. But then you have to stop. And so like right when you're sort of really getting into the groove of um, sort of making this show work and the train is running and everything is, you know, firing in all cylinders, you have to stop. So I sort of was like, well... Maybe, uh, you know, can I, can I not stop? Can I just keep going and get better? And that, that's what happened again with season two. It took a bit to 
sort of find our way. Um, and then, and then you start to really find a rhythm. And, uh, I got to use that and get stronger and sort of continue that this time, as opposed to sort of typical TV where you just kind of you're in and then you're out and <laughs> or a movie is kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was no real discussion about why I sort of, um, I think that they, everyone was like, you can do whatever you want, direct as many as you want. And I was like, cool, I'll try them all. Because <laughs> yeah, you have the Lonely Island guys as, uh, as exact, I don't know how, I know they were active in developing. I don't know how active they've been in, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're sort of, um, sort of a dream as far as you let us know what you need. They are always looking to find out what we want. They're never imposing. They're never telling us what to do. They're hands off. If, if, if we want them to be they're hands on when we need them to pick up the phone. Um, so they're really like, it's your three Anamaya Sam, it's your show, whatever you need. And that's been, uh, such a blessing. Um, and they're, they're super helpful and supportive. I have to imagine that there's an element here of this discussion of what you're going to do in season two starts in a right in the writer's room. We have a pretty tight writer's room. Right. And, and is that pro is there, because so many of you are on set, (laughs) is, is there, is there an element of like a clear divide of a writer's room? And then we go into production versus a normal TV model. Exactly. It's, it's really, um, unique because, uh, yes, we have an extremely small writer's room and we all write everything and we all break everything and we almost have to lock scripts before we start shooting. So in this case, we're writing 14, 15 episodes at once and it's a break. So you wrote, so you, so you wrote the second half, the second half that hasn't been filmed yet. Yeah, that's right. That's, that was written. Okay. That's right. So So it's, it's sort of, (laughs) it's sort of, yeah. Um, there's no sort of, us filming and then other writers coming up with stories and writing them, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really has to pass through the three of our hands. And, um, uh, but it's great. Cause I kind of know they'll, they'll sort of, Anna and Maya will sort of perform some of the dialogue and I'll get a sense for what that's going to feel like. And it's so personal. And I really, you know, on the directing side, I get to really understand every beat, every, you know, syllable, I know what that means. And so it's tremendously helpful to um, be involved in the writing. And, and then also just to take a, be able to take a cinematic approach in the writing. So instead of having some conversation about something, I can be like, well, you know, maybe we can do this visually. Um, and so I sort of get to keep my eye open for for the filmmaking during the writing, which is really a dream. Yeah, because obviously there's the, the DNA of the show is the same, but there does seem to be the humor still there. The characters are still, you know, edge of a knife, nervous, you know, ecstatic. Um, but there does seem to be a slight breath, a slight pause, a slight, um, letting things breathe a little bit um, in season two and watching it. Um, and maybe that's what you were kind of saying with the observational, but there's, it, it's, it's almost like we can live in a moment for a certain, to a certain degree, right? 
Definitely. And, and that's, that's uh, coming from all three of our desire to live in those spaces in between, not just hitting the plot moments, but hitting the moment right before or watching the moment right after. And um, so, uh, you know, really taking the space to play out the scene to its fullest truth. And um, I find with a lot of comedy, they're using editing to find the comedy. And to me, that sort of takes away a little bit from the strength of our show, which is just watching them in their space doing their thing. So, yeah, it's not going to cut the same. And maybe you sacrifice a little bit of that, you know, chuckle, that laugh, the immediate laugh. But I find that, you know, I, I had a almost a philosophical instinct that there's a deeper laugh in the show, even if it's not laughing out loud that it's like when you think back <laughs> on the scene and the fact that there are women playing these girls and playing this so truthfully that that's even a more insane sort of notion and a more unique thing so it was just sort of a guiding thing where I can watch them really play out a moment and be truthful to that moment if it's not as hilarious and as quick fine um but I'd rather use our strength, which is their performances. It must be nice, too, to be able to start that in the writing process and kind of go all the way through in that. In the, in the, and finding those beats and finding that performance, it must be almost like it must be almost like drafts to a certain degree, because I'm sure they're in the room. Yeah. You're playing it. And then and then, you know, by the time you get to set, it's probably the, you've probably been through some of this material and thought it through to such a degree, which is, which is a, not how TV often works, right? It's Yeah, it, well, in our case, <laughs> some of those breaths and those longer shots, I mean, we have our first cuts are over 50 minutes, and we have to get mm -hmm. them down to half an hour. Cause, and then so it's how do you get that breath that we love <laughs> mm -hmm. and finish telling this episode? So we end up, you know, shooting an absurd amount of footage for television and then making brutal decisions to cut down 20 minutes sometimes and still give it that life. So that was sort of the big challenge, especially with the season, because we also have really, when you think about it, two protagonists, you know, and right. both of their stories. Um, <laughs> How much of that cutting down is is shortening of the breath versus shortening of story do you know how much of this is like you know you've you've kind of gone the jesse alexander route and wrote you know 20 pages more than you need and then you're 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 then making you know honing story in the editing room versus it's a it's a pace breath being in moments and and having to sacrifice some of those in the editing room it's it's both um sometimes we'll take away whole scenes or whole mm -hmm. storylines. And sometimes it's, yeah, we love how awkward that is. We watching you kind of walk across the room for 30 seconds, but do we love that more or do we love finishing the, the episode more? And, and so um, somehow there's some magic and we have wonderful editors, but it, it, it turned out, you know, it's crazy. I, I would wonder what a 50 minute, episode of your show would feel like i wonder how it would play i, I mean you obviously know the last episode it. the last two episodes were each like 55 minutes long their first cut and they're um you know i thought they were wonderful but uh <laughs> um uh they 
they almost feel like movies. You know, the last two episodes are almost like a movie. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're that long and um, they're sort of that epic and they do kind of tell one story. Um, but that's just not the format. So, you know. That's crazy. We figured crazy. it out. Part of this breath is also story. It's, it's, it's right. It's, it's like, it's this idea of what's going on with the parents. It's this idea mm-hmm. of it's being, it seems like this, there's a conscious effort of being in these dramatic moments because often being that age, right. It's like, you are a little all over the place. I love him. I love him. You know, and this one, it's like, what's forefront, what's the big thing that's going on with them is something that stretches beyond and, and being in those moments inside it, it, it are, therefore, and I say this as someone that's very sensitive to awkwardness on screen, my relationship to them changed this season to a certain mm. degree and in, in being in that. And, and that seemed to have something to do with a little bit of a, a sense of a dramatic arc for them and, and thinking of their stories in a larger context now. Well, yes. I mean, um, we're always after sort of the truth in, in every scene. And um, your point about sort of um, the boys and the zaniness and some of the humor from that comes from the age, I always felt like that sort of gimmick, you know, kind of has a shelf life and you sort of have to get to more. I, I, you don't want to keep giving that beat. Um, and keep playing out. Oh, look how funny it is. They're talking to a boy who's 13. I mean, that's great. Uh, but there's got to be more. And and when you're, um, you know, Anna and Maya have such rich stories about their families, which anyone can relate to. And um, not only that, but um, the season sort of became about trying on different identities uh, so I sort of had this theme in the back of my mind that this season was like masks, wearing masks. And that's something you still go through. I still go through. And trying on these different masks. Are we wrestlers? Are we hot girls? Are we drama kids? And um, you're sort of trying them on and discarding them. And, and I, I find a lot of beauty and um, and drama with that. And I sort of just probably was just more interested in um in in that more serious i guess approach to those things they're more earnest more more sincere i i suppose it's maybe a better word and i suppose therefore um the uh dipping into the theater kid world was uh was a natural part of that right i have to yeah. imagine there's some people in that writer's room who who maybe maybe that that was part of their 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 middle school high school experience right definitely i mean it was that was very beautiful on a couple levels to me because you get to almost watch um maya for instance as a young girl discovering her passion and her talent for acting um, which was true in real life. So it's my friend Maya, and I get to almost watch her in this process to getting to where she is today as a awesome actor and, and writer. And, um, and then Anna, too, has this side where she is a stage manager. She likes to take control. She likes to, um, you know, be the almost like uh, pulling the strings and keeping everyone 
on point and if and if she's not there the whole thing's going to fall apart and there's elements of that which are true in real life so it's almost this wonderful um thing for me as their friend watching them find those moments before i knew them and there's something and please tell me if i'm way off the mark but there is something very beautiful about that last episode opening night where it feels there's moments i'm in particular thinking of the anna character um on a character where um you start to feel like she this is she's comfortable in her own skin this is her mm. this is you watch her in that last episode and she's in her element and she's you could see her growing in that sense and it seems as like in that you were talking about masks and theater but it feels like to a certain degree that's one of the the beauties of that last episode right uh right on yeah it's almost like they tried all those masks and finally the last chapter of this season is they found their skin they found their it, it's not even a mask it, it's just who they are and so to me there was sort of a very yeah that loose story arc of the season where finally they found what they were their purpose almost and and you're exactly right it was she found her confidence you know in 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 playing that role and it's really wonderful to see you seem to have had a lot of fun directing that episode. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that was a little bit of a headache, but I mean, it seems as if from a lot of, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. You have the stage, you've got, you know, once you seem to also once in a while, like to give a little, uh, what would it be like to see my characters in the Goodfellas shot and, and, and the exact opposite of what the, you know, what it's like. It feels like there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, an incredible earnestness in your direction, but there's also a lot of playfulness in this direction. It, 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 it seems as, I mean, I want to talk about a few individual episodes, but since we're here, that last one seems to have been um, a fun one for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got to sort of throw the kitchen sink at, at that one. I mean, it was the, um, the idea for the story was wonderful, and Maya actually wrote that fake play, which is sort of a Virginia Woolf type knockoff and I found it so funny and then um, how much of the play did she write I'm curious she wrote oh yeah Um, (laughs) not enough I kept kept saying like she should publish that and like put on that entire play it was so funny oh my god it was so smart too Um, but and then and then something that excited me was sort of okay well normally what you do is someone forgets their line it's going the play's going terribly and then she gets the line and then you cut to everyone being like, good, we got it. We're on track. You got the audience. Everything seems to be going well. And sort of what excited me is making the sort of play behind the play. So there's just, there's what's going on, which is the, the surface level story. It's, it's a play. Is it going to go well? Is Maya going to be a hero? Um, but I wanted to sort of tell the story of everyone in our world sort of behind the scenes and sort of catch up with them and what this play is evoking within them. So it's Anna's mom who's, you point to the empty chair next to her, her dad didn't show up. And what does that mean to her? Um, there's there's um, other characters. And, and then they sort of do this strange dream ballet, which is very much in the Pen15 strange surrealness, and then playing it very earnestly. So, um, it takes what would be, um, it, it just, it just excited me very much to sort of almost do kind of the red shoes 
with the behind the scenes-ness of that all. And then um, all of the theater stuff was wonderful, especially because Anna and Maya's performance, they were so, they grew up theater kids. They knew this world better than anyone. And um, they really sort of knew how to, Maya really knew how to stick it to the kind of actors who are, you know, like this and Anna really knew how to stick it to the stage manager. There's almost this catharsis of getting to play out those characters and sort of take their jab at them. Um, and then, yeah, the, uh, for me, um, you brought up the Goodfellas thing, which, um, so that's my, fa that's like my favorite movie, you know, it's one of my favorite, I think it's the most breathtaking scene in, in almost all of cinema. It's exhilarating. So I kind of didn't want to do that because I was like, who, who am I to do that? But what happened was uh, um, we were scouting, me and the crew were scouting this Italian restaurant. And um, we're like, how do we get them in? You know, in the front, none of it is period. Any way we point, it's going to be modern. This is supposed to take place in the year 2000. Like, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, we could go around back and then sort of... All of us who are, you know, film lovers are kind of like, well, you know what, you know what this is like. This is like the Copacabana where it's Scorsese also had to do the same thing. And then you're joking, and, and our production manager Alex Hughes was sort of like, you know, you're you're kind of running this joke. Like we weren't taking it seriously. What if they did come around? And he was like, well, what if they just like hated them? You know, and they wanted to, them these girls to get out. And and I was like, yeah, that's actually a great idea. That's like my way in to kind of subvert that. And uh, Grace, our production designer, it's her favorite movie too. And I remember asking, and she, she loved this idea. She wanted to, she wanted to play Karen. She wanted to shoot <laughs> the scene with, you know, her and me uh, doing this. But um, so I was like, Grace, I don't know, I don't know if I can. Uh, I already, we already did this Boogie Night shot, and now I'm doing Goodfell. I don't want this to be like a parody thing. I don't want this to be a bunch of references. And she goes, No. It's just the two and their bookends and you're good, but no more. <laughs> so I was like, great. And then, and then when we shot it, it was just almost a way for me to taste that, that moment that I love. Um, and, and, uh, and the energy of, of that feeling I, I felt was validated the moment you're coming off the success and then they're feeling, you know, high and, uh, and, uh, it, it just worked. And I, I didn't think too much about it after. How much time do you guys have an episode per episode in terms of shooting days? Uh, about four. And it's a little less with um, kid hours. We didn't shoot during school, so they only got like three or four hours to shoot. So it was a, it was, it was a absolutely insane. You're just rushing around nonstop. So, you know, there's days when we, there's a day we shot over 15 pages. So um, a brutal breakneck very unfair um you know horrible you know just wait not enough time but well, i was grateful to get any time you start doing that ratio against 50 minute episodes and it starts becoming <laughs> that's exactly right i mean we're shooting yeah 10 pages a day 12 pages a day um which is uh not ideal <laughs> um but because maybe i don't maybe i shouldn't conflate all these things but because there is an element, obviously, this is a you got to move fast here, um, and and in particular, anybody that's worked on anything with with children, your, your time's even condensed even more. Although I'm guessing you could shoot around, you get their coverage, and then you know, and then they're get out. the yeah. get the camera in the other direction. But um, 
there is also a period look and there's a there's a there's a I don't want to say period. Too often times we talk about period as like some kind of filter or some kind of like color scheme or something. But there is a feel and a texture of this. And there's also an approach to the filmmaking. And it works for the show. But I imagine there's also some kind of balance here between. And I'm wondering if you could talk about this a little bit of the working within the constraints, but then working within the process because this show seems to be a lot about process and and which it starts in the writer's room but then also a certain look and feel to it you know and I, I there's you know some all these things seem to be fit together to a certain degree but working within those limitations but then also what you're trying to do from a filmmaking standpoint i'm wondering you know how that works you know what is the 10 day version per episode of pen 15 is it really that much different in terms of how it looks and feels yeah, not in terms of how it looks and feels. I mean, there there was a good blend of um, the original creative inspiration for how this show should look was Welcome to the Dollhouse by Todd Salons. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain, and, and then sort of that 90s um, indie feel where it's like um, pretty starkly lit and very sort of simple camera movements and um, of course, we didn't have the budget to do much more than that. Um, so that sort of worked out. I guess the difference between the 10 days of my dreams that we shoot it in is just not having to um, go at the speed of light and sort of make decisions so on the fly and just be able to um, take a breath. And, and I want to, you know, we wouldn't suddenly have like helicopters and flying cranes and we would still ideally keep it to (laughs) sort of what works, which is the lo-fi nineties thing, but just, um, at a more humane pace. (laughs) Does that also influence that, that, that lo-fi nineties look, does that also influence, uh, what you pick for locations and, and, and how you approach location shooting? It it does, um, you know, we only had like three locations the first season. It's like some bedrooms in a classroom. And so it felt very much like a play. Uh, but yeah, it, most of it, the, the locations are really, because it, it is technically period, it is, um, uh, you know, production design. It's what looks like it would have been there. You know, we don't have, we can't go in a week before and change everything. So, and it's, and it's like, oh, can we fit a camera in here? And does it look nineties? Great. We're good. (laughs) We're good. (laughs) You know, it's now part of the fabric of the show and it works really well, but I, there's something that still amazes me. I was watching, I rewatched two of my, my two favorite episodes uh, last night in preparation for this. And, um, there's something that still strikes me every time I watch it, which is there's something remarkable about watching Anna and Maya go back to middle school. And, you know, that's what a lot of people do is they go back to their reliving their stories, stories of these formative times through storytelling. But it's, it's unusual to have them also enter the skin of these characters. And it works and it, it works. But then there's also this idea of they're surrounded in a supporting cast by what I assume are to some degree, I mean, they might be a little bit older, but they are young, young boys, right? Like they're, 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 younger. they're really 13. They're 14. really 13. Yeah. And there's something about that dynamic that works 
I don't know what it is, but it's also, I wonder if that's something, because maybe this is a little bit going back too much to the original conception, but I do think there's something there that I wonder if that was something that was a discussion of not only are they going to go back and play themselves, but then we're going to have, you know, the, the proper age boys and how that mix will work, but then also how that's evolved because it seems as if these wonderful young actors you have have this wonderful dynamic with them, you know, mm. on set. And so I, yeah. and it, it's once again, it's one of those things I watch. And I'm like, I do not know why this works. She's 20 years older, but I don't, but it, yeah. it totally does. <laughs> it just works. Um, and they look kind of young and there's points where you do sort of forget, but it's always sort of there too, that they're adults. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that there were discussions. There was a point at which the character Sam, we were wondering, that was very hard to cast, and it was based on me. I was like the third, but I'm not an actor. Should that be an adult? Um, but I think very early on, it was yeah. It needs to be actual, actual thirteen and fourteen year olds, um, and uh, it creates this just insane visual like when you really kind of step back and and think about it and um i think that that's what works about it and makes it so (laughs) bizarre and strange um there's something in the pacing hmm. there's something that you guys capture with these wonderful young performers it's a little bit of and i say this is someone that was a 13 year old boy myself there's something very dolty and kind of a little bit like like almost pacing wise and just a little bit like kind of like they're not ready to be too cool for school yet so they're they're almost like reserved and then with anna maya's like high energy there's something in that dynamic that just works too well, it's, it goes to a couple things. One is um, we wanted to cast very natural. We like naturalistic performances and mm-hmm. young actors who are that age, their options are like Disney and Nickelodeon. Um, so you're getting a lot of these types of actors who are sort of very theatrical in their performance and very sort of that type, that style of acting. So it was incredibly difficult to find sort of more that sort of... Uh, lower energy, nervous, awkward, authentic. So there was a lot of work put into the casting. Um, and it, it was absolutely, I adore working with the young actors. I thought that they were even better this season. You know, Sam, Gabe, Jafir, Brant, Becca, you know, they, they are awesome. And they're very, and the girl who played Mora in the, in the, the season, they, are really smart and they're really serious about their acting and fearless. And uh, it was such a wonderful energy to have them around and they all became friends with one another. And it really added this very special thing to the making of the show, which is they all got along and I loved working with them and they, I would ask them questions about their characters that, you know, they knew better than me. And uh, it was really delightful. Truly. Do they get do they get involved in the whole like because like this is do they get involved in the whole like well this is what eighth grade's a little bit like you know seventh grade's a little bit you know uh, the 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 one thing is we had to occasionally take away slang that they use that or it was just not like uh, yas queen we kept being like they wouldn't say that they can't say that they weren't saying that back then yeah. and also they hated the the wardrobe they're like these low rise jeans and like these like I would never wear this so they are just mortified <laughs> by the fashion at the time um 
but no, I think I think that they just really wanted to get in there and um, be uh, honest and, and deliver, and they absolutely did every step of the way. Um, I, you know, just absolutely adored them. What what is the process, um, both with them and without them? Is it is it? In, I mean, once again, we, you talk about the fact that to some degree. I don't know, Meyer are like playing these scenes as you're writing them and you're starting to get a sense. So maybe that there's a shorthand there for in terms of blocking. But what what is that process of you, you show up at a location, you, you got your script pages. Is, is, is the first thing that you're doing blocking out the whole thing? Is that is that something because you're going for naturalism, you really do invest some time in whatever time you have or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, we show up on set. The girls have to go through uh, makeup to get their or no, before they go into makeup, we'll show up on set, we'll sort of run through the blocking, maybe there's, you know, 10 minutes of discussion or trying to problem solve. Um, we'll check with the DP who he'll be like, you know, we can shoot that or can maybe we go over here instead. Um, and that's a private rehearsal. That's like me and Anna and Maya, maybe the AD and the DP. We'll work through whatever we wanna do and uh, and then once we've kind of decided on something, then we invite the crew in and they, they all watch what we're going to do. And um, it's it's never nearly enough time um, to do that because sometimes there's lots of discussion about what's real and what's natural, but also how can we film it sometimes. Um, so uh, and then they'll and then they'll run through the scenes and sometimes it'll be way more improvised and I'll always be like, can we get one that's the script just to make sure we have some transitions in and out of a scene so I can, you know, f editing wise, make sure we're, we're at our best. Um, and then we'll do it, I don't know, three or four times. And um, I don't like to do a lot of coverage. There's some scenes that you just have to, um, but uh, me and, my DP, Andy Rizutsky, we've known each other forever and we very much hold each other to a high standard of kind of challenging each other to be bold and not just do a picture of that person talking, a picture of that person talking. How can we make this interesting to us, especially with all these episodes? We gotta, you gotta, can't keep doing the same thing. So, um, you know, that, that also helps with uh, keeping it economical and not shooting forever. Sometimes you have six kids in a scene, you get all their shots, and that that's uh, a miserable to to do. <laughs> have all their setups, and it's just not not that interesting. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a lot of creativity going on and problem solving. Well, I want before I let you go, I do want to talk about. Um, I'm probably going to mispronounce this. Uh, Vendi Wakani, yeah, <laughs> uh, episode three. Vendi Wakani, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's a really special episode. Um, so I want to talk, but it also I think, um, it, it to some degree to me it captures a little bit of something that you guys were reaching for in season two to a certain degree. I mean, it's a standalone and it works on its own, but it feels to me like that was really where. I started to see this season going someplace different. Um, mm. uh, I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that episode and that approach, because there is also this other thing here, which I think is maybe comes into the rehearsal too, which is that I don't know how much in rehearsal or blocking or even writing 
there's an attention to where the funny is, you know, or where the laughs are. I'm sure there is to some degree, but this one feels to me like I, I watch these scenes and I watch how you direct them and I watch how they play them. And there are some obvious laughs, but there also is just something here about being in these scenes with, with them and what they're going through. Um, and what you're carrying over from different scenes that really is like living in a moment with them that I had not experienced with them in the first, all the episodes up to that point. Oh, thank you. That's very nice. I absolutely love that episode. And and it really comes from Anna and she wrote such a beautiful episode. And very early on when we started talking about what could our episodes be, I was like that one, I want to make sure I direct that one. And I didn't want to do like a, parody of the craft or make it really campy and there, there's all these opportunities to make oh it's a witchy we're gonna do all this witchy you know heightened uh tropey stuff i really knew i i could have sort of um using color and atmosphere and and music and and vibes and uh using space and and uh i i found it just such a rich sandbox and playground that i I could really do something. I don't know. I just connected with it in in a in a um, kind of emotional way, um, and things kept happening with that episode while we were shooting that were mystical and magical. There's a, there's that scene in the greenhouse where they're doing the spells, and all of a sudden we call action, and there's this orange sky comes over and the wind is blowing like mad and and uh they're get as they're getting into it casting these spells the energy from outside is picking up and I look over at Andy who's shooting it and operating and he he sort of looks at me and I was like go ahead and he starts like shaking the camera and and uh things and and then being in the woods I mean the the way that the sun would kind of come through the trees Everything kept working in that episode, almost as if there was some, you know, spell or, you know, magic going on. And uh, I just thought it was such also a beautiful gesture. I mean, the, her, listen, Anna listening to her parents fighting and Maya trying to distract her um, and them trying to kind of pretend it wasn't happening. And then they're breaking through to this portal and Maya's trying to make her feel better. I just found it the gesture of Maya trying to distract Anna and make her laugh so beautiful that I didn't want to make that so funny. I just was so moved. In fact, I I remember telling them on set while we we're shooting, I was like, I knew that was great, but what was happening there was like, I, I'm nearly in tears. Like it was so beautiful. And then the locations were beautiful and everything about it. And But yeah, you know, Music, I think, has a has a big thing to do with sort of the sincerity of what we were going for, too. Um, so I, I think it's just wonderful as well. I really am a fan of that one. Just It's interesting, too, because they, they're, they're there for each other and they care about each other. But in in a lot of these episodes and a lot of, to a certain degree, the comedy becomes from. The, the you know the conflict even comes from their inability to see each other sometimes to understand what the other ones you know the the, the masturbation episode from season one is maybe the funniest yes. example of that yes. you know um and, and that's a typical you know it's a, that's a comedy device that's always used but it's 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 in this one 
you know, just Maya seeing, you know, we're in that room, the parents are screaming and that's all we needed yeah. and all of the motivations. And just to see her putting on play acting and going through all of this is, is really quite something. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that really comes from them and, and their friendship in real life too. Uh, um, so again, it's sort of me like getting to watch my friends and I know they've gone through this in a direct way and also with each other as adults. Um, and so to me, I sort of knew how to film that. I'm like, okay, it's just still and it's still and it's tense and it's getting closer. And then when Maya takes her hand, it's bursts and, and movement and running and speed and magic. Um, and I sort of just understood how to how to do that somehow. And, and part of it is knowing how they would perform it and, and it coming from that place, coming from their emotions. Someone brought up in, in episode five at the sleepover when Maya has to call her mom to pick her up from the sleepover and she's crying. So I knew that Maya was going to kill this. So I, I, I knew that all I needed was one shot on her face. I didn't need coverage. I didn't need multiple. I was like, you're going to just do this once, you know, and we don't need to do anything. I don't need to, to push in. I don't need some, you know, camera tracking around and finding you and, and music swelling. Like, no, we're just going to sit there and watch you do your thing. And um, I sort of felt that there could have been more, I, I sort of learned on my end not to do too much when there was something truthful or emotional happening with their performances. Cause I thought they, you know, they were always doing that, mm -hmm. uh, season one, two. And I just wanted to make sure that that was foregrounded even more. Um, and then, yeah, they, they, they have their own tricks as far as what, you know, I'm sure they get stronger, just like I feel like I get stronger as the season goes by. Um, and they, they find their character, they find this new world that we've built with their um, families and their the, the character's friends. And so they're able to kind of keep digging deeper. And also um, just this eternal, what is the truth of this scene? You know, um, it is, it, you're right, it is hard for me to tell how they've gotten better because I thought they're great from day one but I think I think that we actually one thing I will say is um we, I think that we learn to trust not trying to make a joke mm -hmm. um there's well, that, a tendency that comes that comes across yeah that comes across there was there, there's an element in season one which is wonderful that is is like popcorn not popcorn like popcorn like a popcorn film but it's like pop, 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 it's like yeah. a like it's yeah. a and it's amazing how you maintain that and this pace but also hit these awkward beats it's wonderful it's wonderful that you did that but there seems to be like intentionally in season one or season two not a need to do that as much not to be in there as much yeah and i think part of that is the the specific story journeys that they were going on where they are hit individually with some deeper truths and have to process more and are going through some harder stuff at the you know the first season you can sort of buy it's how it's how middle school girls talk it's fast mm -hmm. and it's like yeah. taking on these rhythms that are hard for you know me to follow it's like <laughs> what you know and and there's a, an excitement and then once 
kind of the world is closing in on them in all these different ways over and over and over, there's a natural sort of internalization that probably happened because of these stories. Um, but also sometimes you get on a set and you kind of want to make the crew laugh. You want to make the other cast members laugh and you want to say absurd things that are funny. And that's, of course, but we did, we did learn to, you know, I would say, I, I could say one word to them. I'm like, let's do a dollhouse take, which means like so minimal, like so um, serious and dark and, and nothing and not trying to impress anyone. And we learned, hey, people are still going to like that, even if I'm not trying to make you laugh so much, which they could easily do as well. Right. That's great. Um, so just so I understand, um, this season, I, I just watched, we just watched seven. And so when you were in the writer's room, you all wrote like what, 14 episodes. Yeah. And, and yeah. then the idea was always to shoot them in blocks, like in the sense that you're going to go yeah. shoot seven, take a break, probably edit them. And well, then- I wish there was that one part you said <laughs> about a break, but what ended up happening is we shot them, um, the seven and that I directed, and then they kept shooting while I went to go edit the first seven. There oh, was so they, no... they shot into eight, nine, and yeah, okay. they right. did. In in our case, they got about four. Or five, they got like a week away from finishing, and then COVID hit, so they're almost totally shot. Um, but um, what happened was. Uh, they got as far as they could, and then we all went back and edited what I had started. Um, and yeah, they were calling that two A and two B. I guess. Oh, is okay. The so two B. So two B is largely shot. Who who directed two B? Two B is the same directors from last year: Andy DeYoung and Dan Longino, and uh, um, Anna and Maya each also directed an episode, which I'm very excited about seeing. Nice. And so you gotta go back. You gotta go pick back and pick up a couple things. Is that what it is? Yeah. And, yeah. And then, but yeah. by and large, you, you you've gone through that painful yeah. 50, 50 minute to twenty eight minute cuts already with a lot of these. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. And so that's the fall. Is that, I mean, or who knows? I know there's babies and whatnot involved. So who knows? But yeah, anyway. it's up to the babies. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Sam, thank you so much. I really appreciate thank you. it. It was. Uh, it's 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 a wonderful series. Congratulations thank- on two A. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time.